Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Get ready. At the nine, I just sat there shaking my head. How could we be trusted with some of the most extraordinary communicators I've ever heard? And, and here's what's interesting. When we were, like, we're only 11 weeks in, but as we were looking for who to have preach, it was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like we could pick so many people. But because it's Father's Day, each one of these is a father. And because it's vision builders, each one of these men has prioritized using their business to build God's house. So I'm going to introduce them real quick, and here's what we're going to do. You'll get a chance to sit down. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, We're going to start with Daniel Wilgenbush. Brand new father. Just an extraordinary man. Just an extraordinary leader. He helps us lead uh, men's prayer on Tuesday morning. He oversees our Pathfinders apprenticeship here um, uh, under under Hallie, who leads the whole program. And you're just an unbelievable man. Followed by Daniel. We just taught last week. Anybody here last week hear about the Lion King? Yeah. You know the opening song to the Lion King? Ah, that's for Abraham Sasenia. That's what they wrote the song for. So after, after Daniel, it'll be Abraham Sasenia. What an unbelievable man. And then batting cleanup, guaranteed to get us all home, is Sean Burroughs. What? I, I'm telling you, I believe one of the most important, one of the greatest voices up here in Boise. God's got massive plans for you. And all three of you guys blew our minds. All we ask, just do it again. Are you guys ready to dive into the word? Are you guys ready? It's going to be an unbelievable Sunday. Let's kick it off with Daniel Wilkenbush. Oh, I love you, man. Come on. Hey, let's go, baby. Uh, My wife is upstairs in DNA right now, but... Um, Mother's Day was recently, if you recall, and uh, I don't know why, but I just decided it was the morning to pick a fight with my wife. It's like, <laughs> for, for no reason, for no reason. It had nothing to do with her. I was late to church because of our daughter. It's not, see, I'm blaming my daughter. It's not my daughter's fault. It was my fault. I wasn't ready because she can't get herself ready. And so I get to church, and I'm frustrated because I'm late, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to get to service. And I see my wife, and it's Mother's Day, her first Mother's Day. And I'm just like a t- just a jack wagon, dude, I'll tell you. <laughs> so my Father's Day has been amazing. You know, she didn't pick any fights with me. She's been incredible. I mean, shoot, man. Hey, pray for me. I need help. <laughs> But on a serious note, I'm a new father. Uh, my daughter is seven and a half months old. She's just the greatest gift I've ever had. But I didn't feel that way at one point. I'll talk about that. But I started seeing things different when I became a father. How many fathers do we have in here? 
I started seeing things differently when I became a father. One of them is that the battles that I don't win in my life, I abdicate to my children to fight. Yeah. My dad is an incredible dad. So, so blessed to have an incredible father. But he's not won all the, the battles that he's fought. None of us have. None of us will. And so as a, res as a result, some of the same battles my dad fights today, I fight in my life. And I was able to stand on my dad's shoulders, not have, where he came from, not having to fight some of the battles he's had to fight is one of the greatest gifts I could ever ask for. But I still have battles to fight. And it's my responsibility, I've learned as a father, to not pass those fights down to my kids. If you go to Proverbs 13, 22, it says, and I want you to pay attention to this. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now, we think of money, right, when we read that, right? That's what inheritance typically means. But actually, when you look at the Bible, everything is principle-based, meaning it's cross-contextual, meaning if it means one thing here, it also can be pointed here and here and here and here. And so we think of money, but inheritance is actually not just finances. It's the battles that you win. The victories that I have are ultimately passed on to my kids. But the battles that I abdicate, that I don't fight, that I push under the rug, that I act like yeah. didn't happen, my kids get those too. And it's interesting is actually genetic expression and epigenetics actually prove this to be true. That you can actually look at the genetic expression of a kid and you can see that addiction or anything that wasn't defeated by the parents is actually reinforced in its children. But victories won by parents are also reinforced in the children. It's actually genetic. I love, I love science because science is always catching up to the Bible. And so <clears throat> a little bit about me. Anybody ever been in some really tough fights? Like 2015, I remember within a four-month period, I had a business that failed. The girl I thought I was going to marry was dating for about two years. Uh, broke up with me over a phone call. And my family lost our business of 29 years in bankruptcy, lost our house, lost our cars, lost everything and within a four-month period. And I didn't know God at that time. And so my identity was wrapped up in the exterior stuff. And so when that happened, as a result, I felt worthless as a man. Can't provide, no vision, no opportunity, family lost everything. And I felt like killing myself. Now, obviously, I didn't. You know, I'm here. <laughs> so, so praise God. <laughs> but it was an extraordinary depth of darkness that I'd never experienced. It was unbelievable. Do you think any trauma is born out of stuff like that? Anybody have any trauma? <laughs> okay. The ones that aren't raising their hands just aren't willing to acknowledge it publicly yet. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but then the last 18 months, see, because battles never end. Last 18 months... Um, became an unexpected father. We were trying not to have a kid, and we had a kid. And, you know, last service I said good seed, but it might have been good soil. I, <laughs> I don't know. 
And uh, I turned 30 as well, same month. Me and my wife and my daughter, same month, uh, birthdays. And an individual also who was the most pivotal, most critical individual in my entire life outside of my wife for over five years, mentor, like a father, like a brother, business partner, had an extraordinary falling out with. Devastating to the point, it's, it's just hard to even explain, but I'll tell you, I was walking around every single day consumed by hatred, which is crazy to think. I didn't even know you could experience that as a believer. Didn't even know. I was literally consumed by hatred to the point where it didn't matter what you brought up in conversation. I could somehow bring it around to justify how victimized I was. It, it took me out of the game in my business. It took me out of the game in my relationships. It took me out of the game. My wife was pregnant during this time. Talk about self-orientation. Talk about being so close to the forest you can't even see the trees. That's where I was living. I was consumed by hatred. And then on top of it, this is all in the last 18 months, on top of it, lost a six-year business. And then we moved to Boise, <laughs> a state we'd never even been to, <laughs> with a two-month-old daughter. I mean, do you think there's some stuff that can happen? You think there's some... some disappointment that can be bred. You think there's some doubt that can creep in. You think there's some fear that can grip you by the throat, put you on your knees. Anybody ever been there? Okay. I'm telling you what, look, old things started to resurface. Numbness started to set in. Anger started to consume me. And I had a choice as we all do. As a father, I have two choices. I can pick up the sword. I can fight. And I can win or I can leave my fights as an inheritance to my kids. Men, I will tell you the cost is too great. We're in a generation where fathers have left fights to their kids. And that's why the world looks largely the way it looks right now. The cost is too great. We have to win these fights. And so my question to you is, how do you lead effectively carrying all of that? How do I lead my wife? How do I lead my kids? How do I lead my business? So some practicals I would suggest that worked for me, because God's since broken me out of all of this. I'm still in process. We all are. Men's prayer. Get there. Look, you can't fight this stuff. Man, you show up to men's prayer, you're going to hear miracle story after miracle story every Tuesday. Why? Because God's word is like a light in a dark room. You show up to men's prayer, it's like the lights are turned on. God can show up when you humble yourself, right? When Look, I don't go to men's prayer because I'm like, oh, I want you got to hear me pray. No, dude, I go because I'm jacked up, man. <laughs> I need help. I need help. Every week, I need help. That's why I'm at men's prayer. Number two, sometimes men's prayer is not enough. <laughs> I need a deliverance ministry. <laughs> I reached out to a couple of deliverance ministers because, guys, some of this stuff does not want to just let go. Some of the stuff's easier than other things. Some of this stuff was years in the making, and I didn't even realize it until I sat down with someone who had heard the word of God and could, with the authority of God, break stuff off me. But then the third thing was a merge conference this year. Every emerge gets better than the last. But this emerge, I walked in with one thing. I had this, as a new dad, it's normal to be frustrated with your kids. 
okay? What's not normal is when you have a fury every single time your kid starts crying. Now, you guys are probably thinking, dude, this guy's screwed up, okay? <laughs> Look, it's just real life, man. And I, was, I would get so angry when she would start crying, and it wasn't normal. I knew it was, there was something deeper there. And so my one thing, I, was, I didn't go to Emerge hoping. I went to Emerge expecting. I need God to move. I came home a different man. My love for my daughter at an extraordinary level is because of the power of God. And so here's what I'll say. To be a great father, I must take responsibility to keep my own heart healthy. And to the degree of which my heart is not healthy is the degree of destruction that I allow in my own home. Let's welcome Abraham Sasenia to the stage. Wow. What? Man, let me get myself composed over here. I'm not crying. You're crying. Jeez. Thanks for putting me up after Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Grand Slam. All right, up next, Abraham. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, I've been saying that my whole life. I just want you to know. We sing that every time Lion King plays. But uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day to all the grandfathers. I see a couple gray hairs out there. Grandfathers, yes. Happy Father's Day to any great-grandfather, any great-grandfathers out in the crowd? Any? No, of course not. You all look too young, too studly. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to our campus pastor, Pastor Colin, Pastor Melissa. Thank you all so much for, um, just for the, the opportunity to come up and share a little bit about my story this morning. Uh, it is Vision Builders Month, as Pastor Colin mentioned. Vision Builders is all about leaving a legacy. And uh, Daniel, thank you for stealing my scripture this morning. I'm going to be reading out of Proverbs 13:22 as well. You can throw it up on the screen, replay, right? Don't judge me. A good, a good man leaves a legacy to his children and his children's children. I'm going to take a little bit of a different take on, on this scripture. You see, the, the Hebrew word for good in that scripture actually translates to like 10 different things, right? We have excellent, we have valuable, understanding, righteous, and my personal favorite, better than. <laughs> As in better than other men. So let's reread that one real quick. I'm not competitive, uh, just a little bit. Better than Daniel's <laughs> three by 10. We'll see. A excellent, valuable, understanding, righteous, a man better than other men leaves a legacy to his children and his children's children. Heavenly Father, I just give you thanks, Father, for this opportunity to share my story. Father, anoint my words that they would be a blessing to all gathered here today and bless those in attendance that we would all receive your word and transformation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, when Pastor Colin and uh, last, it was last week, it was at Beautiful Star's birthday party, I think. And you're like, hey, can you get up next week and share about uh, 3 by 10 on Father's Day? I was like, yes. <laughs> Growing up, to, to, to give you a little clarity, growing up, I had, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of imposter syndrome. Yeah. I had some, some issues. I used to say, I don't have issues. I have the subscription. 
similar to Daniel, I had a lot of brokenness in my past. So when I was asked to speak about Father's Day and honoring and, and you know, vision builders, I was like, what the flip? What am I going to share on? Because it was really hard. I, I felt growing up as a man, I was, I was an imposter as a son. I was an imposter as a husband. I was an imposter as a father. So I really struggled with this whole idea of like getting up and speaking to a room full of men about fatherhood and, and Father's Day. If it's okay with you guys, I'm going to be a little transparent. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you the last few uh, moments of my father's life, the passing, uh, because there was a really pivotal, pivotal time in my life that just radically transformed my life, my children, my family. Um, it, but before I do, before I do, I want to share the power of coming under uh, a, a, a good soil church. Uh, as Daniel mentioned, you know, many years ago, when we first stepped into Awaken Church, we were brand new. I think it was the grand opening for Eastlake. Erica, Eastlake, let's go. Stepped into the grand opening, and I was like new, sitting in the back, standing in the back, like, I don't, I'm like checking you guys out. I was at the time helping lead another church plant. We had been serving in for seven years, coming in to awaken. You know, every time anybody would say of anything of significance, the front two rows would stand up and like, yeah, oh my God. I was like, what the, yeah, exactly, just like that. I was like, what is this all about? And you hear Pastor Jurgen about honor, honor, honor. And it just like, there was something in me. I was like, mm, no, I will not stand up. I will not clap. Mm, no, I really struggled with honor. So when I share my story, please see it through that lens of me dealing with my own ish and my subscription to not honoring. You see, as, as my dad, uh, again, I, about two and a half years ago, my dad was diagnosed with, uh, with cancer, and he fought a very short battle. But towards the end of that battle, you know, we were, we were getting ready. We could see kind of he was coming to the end of his life. And I wanted, there was something stirring me to, to share with him, and it reminded me of a, a, a passage that we've all heard before. And I think as Christians, it's probably the most poignant verse as we're getting ready to transition. I, th I think of like the end of my life, like what is that going to look like? And Father, like kind of that scariness of stepping into eternity. And I really think that there's only six words that as Christians would make us feel like, oh. and that is, well done, good and faithful servant. That scripture comes from the parable of the talents. Now I'm going to give the, the Abraham condensed version and it goes something like this. For those of you unfamiliar with the parable, a chairman of a company of an organization brings in his top C-suite executives, brings in the CEO, CFO, the CEO, uh, and the HR director, right? <laughs> and he goes, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going out of town. I'm going to take care of some business. I'm going to leave you guys in charge of the organization. To you, I'm going to give you five gold coins. To you, I'm giving you two. And to you, I'm giving you one, HR director. He leaves. We don't know for how long he leaves, but when he comes back, he's like, hey, let's have an account. Come in. We're going to have a board meeting. Tell me, what did you do with what I gave you? Tell me, what, how did you steward what I put in your hands? The first two, CEO and CFO, are like, double your money. We put it to work. We were good stewards. And here's where we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Shout out to Pastor Colin during my apprenticeship. This is actually where I learned what it meant to be good and faithful. And the biblical definition of being faithful is to multiply, to do something with what we've been given. So on the morning of Thursday, February 6, 2020, all right, going back to my dad, 
getting ready to leave the house. Uh, you know, he was already kind of in a semi, he was awake, but not awake, you know, in and out of consciousness. I had meetings that day and I could already tell my dad was starting to kind of transition. So I was like, oh man, I don't want to leave and get that text in the middle of a meeting. So I leaned down to my dad. I'm like, dad, I got to go to a couple meetings. I'll be gone for a few hours. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> joking, not joking. Again, I didn't want to get that text message. So I ran out the door, did my meetings, came back, you know, call my wife, is, you know, dad's still there, yeah. Come in, I walk in, I walk in the room and I see him. And I could tell, it's, it's, I mean, we're close. And this scripture, this parable came to mind. So I leaned down to his bed and I put my head up against his, put my ear right up against him. I just wanted to make sure he could hear me. And I said, dad, You've been a faithful steward. You've been a faithful servant for four decades. You've been used mightily by God. You've brought thousands of people to Christ. I've seen miracles that you've performed. You have nothing to fear. The Father is ready to receive you in open arms. I said, well done, good and faithful servant. And in that moment, the, the hospice nurse, she said something, and I was like, what? She's like, I think your dad just took his final breath. I was like, what? So I called all my brothers and sisters. We surrounded the, the bed, and we started praising and praying over him and just lifting him up. And in that moment, my dad transitioned into eternity. And the hospice nurse was like, oh, my God, I've never been in a room like this where a transition happens so peacefully. She's like, you can feel the presence of God. Hospice nurse never talked about anything. I was like, what the heck? And you might be thinking, like, wow, what a beautiful like glorious, like I can think of a lot of other ways to die, like drown, I don't know about you guys, but I like sometimes my mind goes off, like I see a movie, I'm like, God, I don't want to drown in a car, or burn in a building. <laughs> There's so many other ways that you can pass, right? Passing away, surrounded by loved ones, in peace, in tranquility, it's like, wow, what an honor. Yeah, I'm the youngest of seven. My dad was the youngest of seven, and my mom was the youngest of seven, and my oldest sister is two years younger than my mom. Yeah, I see a lot of eyes like <laughs> trying to compute. Obviously, my dad was married before my mom, had five kids, married my mom, had me and my sister, married his next wife after he divorced my mom. That lasted for a couple of years. Married his fourth and final wife during which he, he passed away, who was, uh, I think, like two weeks older than my wife. My dad's 40 six years older than me. So you can imagine kind of some of the dynamics that were involved. Holiday parties were a little bit awkward when your mom <laughs> and your oldest sister are like the same age. My brother, my, one of my older brothers grew up with us, so it was really hard seeing my mom and my older brother that were like almost the same age, that bickering, that fighting. I could go on and on and on about all of my dad's shortcomings. <laughs> but honor is a choice. Yeah. Honor chooses to see others the way God sees them and not the way that we feel, not the way that we want, not the way that other people have treated us. It is a choice. And it brought me back to when I started attending Awaken. It was like deciding to honor. See, we started attending Awaken about three and a half years, four years before my father passed away. And it taught me so much about how to honor, honoring when other people may not even be deserving of honor. So when I, when I share with you the story that I have about my, my background in my life, I just want you to know, choose honor. 
you have a decision here to make. I'm not trying to sweep under the rug any, any pains, any bad memories. I'm not making light of any of it. You might be hearing my story, and you're like, that's nothing. You should hear my story. Great. Come to men's prayer. Get connected to a connect group. We want to hear your story because nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change until you say, I need to open up. I need transparency in my life. Why honor? Why honor? I, I always wondered, like, why does Pastor Jurgen stand so hard about honor? And it took me so long. It took me time after time. I'm going to read out of Job 30, 15. It says, my honor has blown away in the wind, and my prosperity has vanished like a cloud. You know, talking about prosperity, it's not just prosperity and wealth. It's prosperity in every area of our life. Honor and prosperity are inextricably linked. Proverbs 8.18 says, with me, this is God speaking, with me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. If you come in today saying, I, there's something, I need breakthrough. I need something to change. I'm still carrying this baggage. Let me tell you, you're not the only one. We've all walked through that process, and it is a choice. You have a choice today to leave differently than you came in. And I will tell you from personal testimony as a kid growing up, like pushing away my dad. My dad would come and try to hug me and put his arm around me, and I would like push away. I'd be like, that just doesn't feel good. I don't like it. He would say, mijo, you know, follow God's word. Read Proverbs every day. He was Mexican, in case you can't tell. Mijo. And I would turn the other way, and I'd be like, I want to get as far away from you as possible. And then fast forward, you know, 30 years, and I have my, my young three-year-old, four-year-old that I'm trying to hug and caress, and she's pushing away and, and, and kicking me off in the same way. And I'm like, what? What's going on? Seeing the same generational patterns that happened to me then being passed on to my kid. But I said, enough. No more. We're going to draw a line in the sand today. So as I close, I just want to pray over all of you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here, is present. It is here to heal the wounds of the past. It is here to reconcile us to you, reconcile us to our families. We draw a line in the sand today, Father, to say enough. Enough with the generational curses, enough with the generational pains and traumas. We choose you and we choose to honor you. Father, bless those in attendance today, Father, that your Holy Spirit would begin to unlock things, unlock the pain, and bring healing and restoration. We give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Thank you all so much. Love you. Let's go, Sean. Clean up, baby. Bring it home. What an incredible morning. Anybody having a good time so far? All right, I promise. I know you've got lunch plans to get to. I got a great text this morning, actually, that said, how come on Mother's Day all the restaurants are full and on Father's Day we're expected to barbecue? I don't know. I've tried to, you know. Anyways, so I promise I'll get you out to your barbecues. I'll get you on time. But first of all, I want to say, Daniel, Abraham, great job this morning, guys. Great job. Can we give it up for them? And Pastor Colin and Melissa, I just want to honor you and thank you for the opportunity to share in this. I can't believe we are 11 weeks in to what God is building in the Treasure Valley. And it's crazy for me to see. I, I grew up here. I know I'm one of the, the rare ones that uh, moved back and actually knows where we're from. And, and it's just wild to see what God's doing in the Treasure Valley. And I believe it's just indicative of what he's going to do in and through our church as well with the growth and the flourishing and the multiplication. But that's not what I'm here to talk about today. So 
and my wife's not here, but I do want to also make sure I honor her as well. She's up speaking in DNA, but I would not be the father that I am, the man that I am. Any part of anything good that is in me is the gifts of the Holy Spirit and my wife. I can just tell you that much first and foremost. So I want to make sure I honor her, but I'm going to start with a scripture also in Proverbs 13. <laughs> now I'm going to go a little farther up the page. So, so we are going to mix it up a little bit for you, but Proverbs 13 and verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And I don't know about you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, but have any of you ever felt like you just, you keep missing the mark, like you just feel deflated and feel defeated and feel like, man, like why these, this dream I've had is still unfulfilled and this thing didn't work out and those sorts of things. The Bible talks about it and talks about that. That does make our hearts sick. So I'm going to pray for us this morning. God, I pray that you would move and speak through me this morning. Give me the opportunity to share your word and not my own opinion. God, thank you for what you've brought us through and what you're bringing us into that is abundantly above and beyond anything we can ask, think, or imagine. In your name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. So we're in a culture in America, right, where we celebrate victories. I mean, we see on the video this morning... We're seeing the first woman in the dream is polishing trophies, right? Because we, we celebrate victory. We do, you know, and there's accomplishment in life and promotions and all those things that we celebrate, and we should. But what we don't do often is how we respond to disappointment or defeat will often determine what your future victories look like. Past victories are not an indication of where you're going. There's an accomplishment in the past. But how you respond to disappointment is going to lead you into future victories. And I want to tell you a little bit, get a little transparent about our story. So my wife and I were living up in rainy Seattle, and we'd finally had enough after about 10 years and just said, you know, we need to get out of here. We had been praying about, God, what's next for us? And then the door opened for us to move to San Diego in 2015. So we sold our house, we packed up everything we owed, and we left in less than two weeks. Anybody else, uh, you know, on-the-fly kind of people? You know, it's just like, all right, I guess we're going next week. Let's make it happen. And so we packed everything up. We left a great life. Community, it's where I met my wife. We had so many great friends. And, and we just packed up and left. And we moved under the guise of, hey, we're going to have this job. We're going to serve in ministry with this thing. And all of this stuff was going to work out perfectly, as we thought, right? So about six months in, it became abundantly clear to us that what we had left to come to was not what God was calling us to. It was abundantly clear there was some deceptions, some lies, things of that nature. I'm going to leave those for God to deal with. But it left us in a place where, you know, as a man and as a husband, there are not very many things that can leave you feel ultimately defeated, more so than when you say to your wife and your family, trust me, God's leading us in this, let's go, right? So your wife puts all of her trust and says, okay, God, I trust you, but I'm going to follow this husband. And so we packed up everything. We moved to San Diego. Six months in, we had no friends. We had no church. I had no job. And I had to look my wife in the face and say, trust me, it's going to get better from here. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but, you know, some of us have longer trust ropes than others. But some of us, the trust leash is pretty, pretty tight. You got to earn a little bit more rope in that, right? And so, you know... I came home, started coming home from where I finally got a job. I'm like, all right. But it was just enough to kind of keep the lights on, keep paying the bills. Meanwhile, our savings are dwindling. Like our relationship is fractured. I've got one young kid at home. My wife's pregnant with a second. And I have no idea where we're going to go from here. Everything that we had thought was going to be our road ahead was not our road ahead and left us just in a place of despair. 
fast forward, we show up at the Awakened Church in San Diego. And we had come from, my wife had both served in, in full-time ministry and done a bunch of different things. And we showed up and I put on a security t-shirt and stood out in the lobby and said, all right, God, I guess this is my life now. I make enough money to survive and I serve in a volunteer area at the church and this is my life now. And I remember coming home from work and I don't know men, if any of you never raise your hand probably in a room like this, but if you're like me, how do you come home and look your wife in the face and say, hey, we're going forward when all I wanted to do when I got home from work was put some food in my mouth and go to bed. And it's 6.30. I'm not talking about 10 o'clock at night. I'm talking about 6.30. Depression, anxiety, frustration is just building. And wives, if I can tell you, if your man is going through that, please just stand by him and pray for them. We as a culture of men, we don't know what to do with that. We don't know how to handle that. Like, where do we carry it? Where do we put it? What do we do with it? Right? And I'm reminded of the scripture, and I didn't like it at the time, but I'll read it. It says, Psalms 37, <laughs> verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, if you're like me and you're a type A doer, you like to bring it to pass, okay? Maybe it's just me, right? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I like to execute and get things done. And so my challenge is being able to say, okay, God, um, I'm going to trust you. You're going to bring my dream to pass. My heart is now sick. My heart is now weak. My heart is now depressed and dysfunctional. But the only thing I can do is say, okay, I don't know what else to do with it. So I'm going to trust in you and hand this off. And God began to work in our hearts. We began, I began to go to men's prayer on Tuesday mornings. I know you're going to hear shameless plugs. It changed my life. I grew up in church and go, I knew how to pray. I knew all the scriptures. I knew all of that stuff. I came to men's prayer and things began to break off me left and right. Doors began to open that I'd never seen before. Get into a connect group. My first Connect leader was actually grilling during the Father's Day video. And I was laughing because I remember getting real with John Mack and said, hey, this is where I'm at. I don't even know what to do. Like, I am out of answers, and I'm an answer guy. I'm a solutions guy. So when I reach the end of my rope, it's like, it's a very scary place to be, right? It's a very scary place for me. And, and so I, I want to walk into, for any of you tangible folks like myself, I'm going to give three quick little things that we can do as men and, and as humans in general, but I want to speak to the dads today, that if you find yourself in a place of being stuck, of feeling like, and this doesn't matter the age, that your dreams are dead, that there's nothing left ahead for you, how do you even lead and go from here? Number one, be faithful to your wife and family. I have seen so many men crash land their lives because in a moment and a season of difficulty, they decided that the eject button was easier than the serve button. That the move on to the next thing is going to be easier. The problem is you're going to the next thing. So be faithful to your wife. Be faithful to your family. Second is be faithful in your work. <coughs> Excuse me. I had the opportunity about two years before we moved here. So that job that was just making enough, I was faithful to it. And I kept getting promoted and promoted and promoted. And I thought, I don't really like what I'm doing, but it just keeps working. And so, you know, I was going to work every day and it wasn't what was in my heart, but I was faithful to it. And so I kept getting promoted. So I got a call one day. I said, hey, I know you're from Boise. Do you want to move back there? 
we need somebody to go run the office here locally, expand in the state, da 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 da. And my wife and I looked at each other, and I had that first real moment of, so do you trust me? Because the last time we moved, and all of these old things kept stirring up, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And thankfully, we were in a church where we were planted and rooted, and we had a Sunday night service. We didn't even go on Sunday night, you know, which, another plug, you know, be here, it's always good, but... But we had, we had enough people in our community who knew what we were going through. So we had a guest speaker that came. We never watched the live stream, but we decided to watch the live stream. So we turned the live stream on this guest speaker, a woman from the UK, has a word for us that exactly matched a dream my wife had and something that God had spoken to me. And we passed on making the move. We said, nope, that's not for us. Three months later, the door opened in San Diego to do what I'm doing now that I'm going to make five or six times what I ever made in that role. Number one. But number two, I love what I do every day because I took the moment to say, hey, God, okay, I'm going to trust in you and allow you to do the work. So third, be faithful in your walk with God. Men, make sure you're connected. Somebody knows what's going on. Get connected into relationship. Come to our Emerge night and get to know some people because when you are faithful in that walk with God, he is faithful to provide that life for you that it talks about in Ephesians chapter 3 where it says that now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We are now walking out a life. If you would ask me, <laughs> if you would ask me years ago that I'd be back on this stage speaking in front of a crowd and the things that have been restored to us hundreds fold over, I would have laughed at you. But God is good and God is faithful. He's faithful to work it out and to complete it. So don't stay stuck where you are. Don't stay any longer in that moment where you can no longer even lift your eyes. Just start doing the little things and begin to see what God's going to do. But with that, if you wouldn't mind standing with me, I'm going to close in prayer and ask, invite Pastor Colin up to close the service. God, I thank you that you are faithful. God, I thank you that even on Father's Day, I thank you for every father that's here. I thank you that you are giving them new vision, new opportunities. You are breaking off things that have held men stuck for even generations. God, that you are releasing something new into these men today. And God, I pray for every man who feels like they are less than to know, God, that you are more than a conqueror. God, that you are standing with them and developing in them things that they can't even ask, think, or imagine. They're so great and so amazing. We just thank you for the opportunity today. In your name we pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.